1: All right, it's that time. We're back again on the Sour Hour. It's beautiful in the Bay Area in February, isn't it, Scott? Is that what month it is? I don't, I, it all just feels like so. June. We'll post these shows retroactively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's lacking a little this month, but uh, that's our bad. That's okay. We're back. It's a Sour Hour. I'm your host, Jay. It's tough. February is tough in the Bay Area. That's oh, that yeah. beer week. You know, flu season.
2: did. It, it's rained a couple days. Yeah. It's rough.
1: Yeah, it's been tough. Uh, we're at the, the Brewing Network Studios here in downtown Concord, here with Bevo in the house. Hey, Bevo. Hey, Hi, Beve. <laughs> Hi.
2: <laughs> Gave me like a 2 minutes. to Nailed
1: be. it. And uh, Scott's here, too. Hey, Scott. Hey, what's up? Got a great show for you all tonight. Tonight's guest, J.C. Tatro. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. How did I say? Jean-Claude. Sh- what did I say? Like th-
2: Therio, Terio.
1: The the riot. You that's just they see it was back terrible. In <laughs> Here, what? How dare you? Great brewer, owner, brewer, Trillium Brewing Company, a name that's should be familiar to many of the listeners for their great, great beers. We'll ask them about it, but I think I believe it's only available uh, in New England, maybe just Massachusetts. But if you've gotten a chance to try them, really, really amazing stuff. We were out there. For the Extreme Beer Fest, and uh, Rare Barrel was lucky enough to come out and brew a beer with Trillium. So, But we'll get into that in a little bit. we got to uh, welcome you to the show a little bit more, though. You can call us, as you often do, 888 401 Beer. Join us in the chat. Is that up and running?
2: Yeah. Beav, you got the chat up?
3: No. No chat? I can't run the chat with all of this going on.
1: Oh, we well, are. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's trying to watch two movies at once. Yeah, twice.
3: No, no, I, I'm actually running three cameras. Which requires three different computer setups.
1: You know that there's a... She's watching that long mashup of Godfather. You know about that? That's (laughs) on HBO. What? What do you mean? So we're already off the rails, but (laughs) HBO did this thing where they took Godfather 1, 2, and 3. And if you've seen Godfather 2, spoiler, there are some flashbacks (laughs) that chronologically are before Godfather 1. Mm -hmm. And so they string them up all together and they put those scenes first. So you can watch all three oh, Godfathers in, in chronological order. Yes, I think it's it. co- Like the, the epic or something like wow. that. Wow. So that's what Bevo's doing.
3: I'm actually, no, I'm just watching one kind of lame movie, but in really, really wide screen. So I need all three screens.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the movie? Um, Field of <laughs> Dreams. She needs to see all the bases. That's not a lame movie. <laughs> so. Bring it on. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. Uh, if you're like Bevo and you want to watch stuff, you can watch us. Thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. Maybe. If the...
2: Yeah, how is that running?
3: That's running, oh, all right.
1: killing it. Uh, email us feedback and just general comments. Scott at thebrewingnetwork dot com, Jay at thebrewingnetwork dot com, and that that is how you guys interact with us. We appreciate those emails. Try and get back to you guys, and we appreciate that support. You can also listen live on the Brewing Network app. To search BM Mobile in the search bar of whatever, and subscribe and leave feedback for us, please. Hopefully five stars, but you know we'll take negative criticism as long as it's with five stars sure exactly on itunes or wherever (laughs) you can get this show and you know what that means scott means are we doing a review of the Fortnite? Fortnite? yes we are okay
2: this one is from i still miss the. i feel like i missed the theme song yeah why why did we stop that because you said you were done with it you were like
1: i don't know i can bring it back That's fine (laughs) maybe i I was having a bad day do you do it live This
2: review is from Toto97. Toto? Toto? No, it's Toto, T-O-D-D. Toto says, I made the lethal mistake of trying the session. After a mind-numbing 45 minutes of listening about video games, concerts, and the price of jeans, I realized that the subject of beer was never even thought, never even thought touched. (laughs) How do you have a beer podcast that's not about beer? Question mark. I'm going to start a podcast called Master Brewing Tips and just talk about my dog and Seinfeld episodes. <laughs> now
1: I'll <I'm>, subscribe.
2: <laughs> now, I have to find a DeLorean so I can go back in time and break my phone to save me from that hot mess of a show. <laughs> oh, and nice job, Jay and Scott with three T's, or is it Scott with four T's from Sour Todd? Thanks, Tato. That's a Thank that's you, an Tato. awesome review. And by the way, if you start a podcast about your dog and Seinfeld episodes, I will listen.
1: You know what's good is the new oh, people
2: made a face. What
1: the Seinfeld series on? Well, it's on other stuff, but Netflix. Comedians in cars. Oh, yeah, getting, getting coffee. coffee. That's a great show, too. Super pleasant. Love it. Very nice. Yep. Uh but yeah, thank you, Tato. And uh, speaking of other BN shows, go ahead listen to Brew Strong Doctor Homebrew Peruma style. And yeah, if you want to feel like you want to travel back in time, listen to the session. Yeah.
2: You so can I, so hear Bevo scoffing uh in like more frequently than she does here, which if you can believe that.
1: For what purpose?
2: <laughs> oh no. She scoffed at Seinfeld. You don't like Seinfeld?
3: Oh, oh. oh no, oh, for I God literally sakes. despise that show. Whoa.
1: Mm-hmm. I used to What's like the you What's the deal so much, with Bevo? <laughs> Nailed it. What's the deal with Bevo?
3: Oh, okay. that, was, that was terrible. I, I know that show enough, and I dislike it enough to know that joke. Good.
1: Okay, we'll turn your mic off. It's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> she said something, but her mic was off. Yeah, that was good. Dick. Uh, uh, go on to the uh, Brewing Network dot and get some Sour Hour t-shirts. Yes. They're, they're live online, nice. available for sale, selling like something that sells faster than hotcakes. It's another one of those outdated.
2: Yeah, maybe they do They're selling like hotcakes. Nobody buys hotcakes anymore.
1: Like best thing since sliced bread. That's another one. <laughs> it's like, first, how great is sliced bread? Mm, it's fine. But then There's so many great things since then.
2: I feel like both of those phrases are from back when the food pyramid was still legitimate. You know, pancakes, Mm -hmm. this, and grains, that, when everyone was all down for the grains.
1: One of the bricks was pancakes. I remember that. (laughs) That's right.
2: I believe it was, like, the second biggest one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Huge. Last show, Rare Barrel, that that was the last show, right? It was. Tasting, air quotes, bad beer. Yeah, right. Yeah. That that was a fail. That was a total fail. Not on our part. No. On all of... You listeners part. You Your beer is not nearly bad enough. That's right. And uh so God. we drink it. And then did what the rare barrel does during those shows. So <laughs> if you're a fan of that, go listen. But yeah, there's some, you know, good rare barrel updates and some shenanigans abound. Mm-hmm. What else? Since the last show, we had SF Beer Week. I mentioned that before. A great time. Thanks for everyone who came out to the rare barrel and the brewing network studios in concord (laughs) yeah yeah just to visit everyone just to look at the studio
2: appreciate it we poured lots of great beer for you at the brewing network studios and we uh, had a great time doing it
1: upcoming stuff we've got a craft brewers conference coming up a little bit soon and that prompts me to say we are doing speaking of collabs our release i believe of the yazoo slash embrace the funk nice crowdsource collaboration right. with the Rare Barrel and all of you fine people out there. So uh, yeah, ended up being a tart saison. We're gonna doing a couple of variants, and according to our friend Brandon Jones, there it is tasting great. Beautiful. He calls it a brewer's beer, which that sounds perfect to me. So it's like Jerry
2: is a comedian's comedian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Exactly
1: right. But, Yeah. So if you're gonna be out in uh, Nashville, which is where it's gonna be, what is that? The first weekend in first week of May, I believe. We'll be out there, and come say hello and try our beer.
2: Is it getting packaged?
1: Yes. Nice. There's a video on Facebook that uh, Brandon posted today of them bottling up that beer. Legit. So maybe I'll bring you back some. Please. See if you can. World Beer Cup 2 uh, out there this year for Craft Brewers Conference. And what else? I want to, speaking of conferences, have you seen what the free Brew Guru app can do for you? I'm going to read this a little differently. I mean, just... Say it, say talk it about differently. it differently, yeah, not heart. read at all. Right. Built for homebrewers and beer lovers, the Brew Guru delivers sage brewing knowledge and money saving deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. You can, with Brew Guru, effortless. Found e- it out. You can find deals and <laughs> save money on beer. It doesn't take a lot of effort. Beer, food, and brewing supplies. Level up your brew IQ with hand-picked articles, proven recipes, and trusted resources from the American Homebrewers Association and Zymergy magazine, and use the powerful brewery locator to find nearby breweries, tap rooms, beer bars, homebrew supply shops, and brew pubs. Wherever you are, Brew Guru will lead you to Good Beer. Get the app today and follow the path to Beery Enlightenment. It's free for iPhone. That's another tough one to say. iPad. Bevo, please. <laughs> Uh, and Android devices. Learn more at homebrewersassociation.org. dot org. And one more plug. Yeah, just free. I'm just saying this. You're welcoming, That wasn't even a plug, but uh, the home. Not what is it used to be called? The homebrewers Homebrew Con? conference. Yeah. Now it's HomebrewCon. National
3: it Homebrewers Conference. NHC. 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 That's oh, it. Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. HomebrewCon. Oh my God! <laughs> Why did they change this? <laughs> Hi, Scott. Welcome.
1: Because <laughs> it's way better.
2: Yeah, they, the uh, SF Beer Week opening gala became the opening gala, and then it became, like, something. And they dropped gala. Can we just stick with a... Re- what was wrong with NHC?
1: I think the American Homebrew Association is doing a fantastic job,
2: Scott. I love the AHA, and the event, I'm sure, is going to be incredible, but with what's with the renaming? I Hashtag
1: HomebrewCon, Portland, Oregon this year, <laughs> and uh, I'll be there. I'm going. This will be... I guess technically not my first one. I went to the San Diego one a little ways back for a little bit to pour beer, but this one I'll actually be presenting at, mm, and uh, nice. we're gonna do. A, I'm gonna do a panel on biggest mistakes in sour beer making. Oh, Scott. perfect! Yeah. that's perfect. Looking forward to that. And I read all the other uh, panels that are going on. It's awesome. What a great conference! So, uh, I think tickets are now on sale. If they're not on sale, like at this moment today, I think it's today I or think tomorrow. They, they or went like on that. sale today. They did. Okay. Thank you, people.
3: I'm here to work <laughs> Yeah, <for> something.
1: <laughs> Clearly. Uh, hashtag HomebrewCon. Go to homebrewersassociation.org. Yes.
2: Hey, the uh, HomebrewCons concert. I mean... If you've never been, you're really, I mean, I, I have no idea what you're doing. It's like the most fun you can possibly have as a beer lover home brewer are mm-hmm. those conferences. They're, they're amazing. They're so fun. And like you're saying, the panels are, every single one of them is enlightening and fun to be at, even though there's some that are at like 8 in the morning, aren't there? And it's like, what is Ooh, that really? about? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Is that wrong, Beave? Aren't there like some ones in the, er- the earlier morning at those oh, conferences? Oh, yeah, no.
3: Some of them start <laughs> incredibly early. Yeah,
2: which is, I never which is that. Which
3: is just ridiculous. And the amount of beer flatulence that happens is just disgusting. Yeah,
2: be prepared to like smell your beer even though you already are very familiar with its aroma, you know, just to sort of mask your it's nose like the, with those the
1: things. experimental hop aroma tasting one. <laughs> exactly. Like idea.
2: But anyway, if, you, I've, uh, if you've already been I'm preaching to the choir, you guys know how awesome it is. If you haven't been, no better time than the present and uh, you'll really be glad you did. It's just such a great time. Yeah. Man, did you never win as a home brewer, Jay? You only went as a I brewer? did not, no.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: You really yeah. missed out.
1: There was a lot of overlap there. It's probably home brewer for uh, yeah. a year or two before being pro.
2: I guess you kind of are still, you know. You're like a sour to this and kombucha that. And you're still kind of a home brewer.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, maybe do a quick question before a break. Or yeah,
2: I do have a couple things, actually. Oh, well, we're drinking beer, too. Scott. Yes. So let me say thanks. Uh, Kate May Brewing sent in some beers. They have sent in beers Cape before. Kate May. Kate May. They're out in New Jersey. The way
1: you say it is, it's not good pronunciation. What am I saying? It sounds like you're saying, like, Kate May.
2: Oh, like it's yeah, a girl's to, name.
1: You gotta pop your peas.
2: Cape May, Cape May, Cape May. Yeah, like superheroes. Cape, it's like the when month you say Kirk
1: Cousins. You have to like <laughs> Kirk s- Cousins. Or else it's just like Kirk Cousins.
2: With K U R T. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You Kirk really gotta hit Cousins. that. Hit the Cape May.
2: Cape. May Brewing out in New Jersey sent us some beer. Uh, Again, they sent in some beers a little while back. Brian and Mark out there sent in, we actually have some non-sour beer in our glass. They sent out their pale ale, Mm -hmm. which is delicious, and they also sent sour beer. Flanders Red,
1: Phantom Crew.
2: Yeah, Flanders-style red, aged for 19 months in red wine barrels. Should I read, (laughs) did you read the story?
1: I started to, and then I stopped (laughs) because of like the. Second or third word.
2: I got to read it. The phone's ringing. Searching for Nazi submarines, the Battery 223 crew at Cape May Point still wanders the beach, never having had the chance to fire on the enemy. Restless souls meandering with unfinished business, thirsting for the thrill of battle. Great stuff. The beer that came in this package. Now, Jay, I sent you and uh, Brian a picture of what had happened to one of the bottles in this package. Mm. I opened the package from Brian. Again, very generous. Thanks, guys. The package was soggy and smelled beery, And I was like, oh, great. You know, one of them broke. But he had packaged it diligently. It was like there was a box within a box, and it was trash bags lining everything. So it had just leaked into, like, the inner package. And I was like, oh, man, bummer, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. All the bottles were intact and wax sealed. Cans? Yes, but there were now two cans of the pale ale, one of which is in our glasses now, and the other one is floating around. Uh, in the, your fridge. Uh, in my fridge, right? <laughs> Waiting for me to drink it on a night by myself. One of the bottles was half empty. So it had, it had somehow leaped out of the... Yeah, yeah. But the wax seal, under intense scrutiny, appeared intact. So is it just a hairline that was that's invisible to the naked eye? that sure. that, that that much beer could come out? It was half empty. It was sure. I
1: mean, it's under pressure, and it's getting jostled. So. Wow.
2: Crazy. Yeah. Okay. So it's just, it, I mean, I, obviously I knew that had to be the explanation that it somehow leaked out of the, the top of the uh, the wax seal, but uh, I just, God, it was crazy. It's unusual, for sure. And I, yeah, I've never seen it before. All the beers we've been shipped over the years, I've never seen that. Yeah. Crazy. But we got these. Yeah. So, the, But that was the only one. The rest of them were intact, and the beer's delicious. So thank you again, Kate May Brewing. Thank you, and Brian and uh, Mark for sending. this Do you have time in. for a question? Uh, well, we would, except for I have to play this for you and uh, ask you if you would still answer the question. The sit. Okay, let me actually ask you: What was the first sour beer you ever had, Jay? Do you remember? <laughs> 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 oh, right, I know no what's coming. Right. Yeah, this? I do. Okay. Well, this is what
1: Jay answered in the past. Uh, I think the first sour beer I ever had was probably a Bud Light that I thought was mine and just was left over from the night before. <laughs> I, keep, I keep going. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: the whole thing goes on, but t- do you remember what that's from?
1: Yeah, it was a video I shot when I was working at the brewery, and I probably look really skinny.
2: You know, you look pretty, you look similar now because you, you've, you've shaved your, uh, you've trimmed your beard. Yes, uh, And today. it's more, more yeah. closer cropped. What was, what did you guys shoot that for?
1: No reason, really. I think we just <laughs> had, you know, wanted to shoot videos and... It's kind of early, like, social media. It's, like, probably 2009 or so. So it's just, like, you're supposed to shoot videos and put them on the Internet. Yeah, here it is. I think the first sour beer... This is uh, Tyler King, had, King. My old speaking. boss, Tyler King, now at Brewery long. Rex. I was working at BJ's. They had it on tap. I poured myself a little bit when uh, no one was around. He wasn't 21. There's uh, I think the first sour beer I ever Leo. had was probably a bud light that i thought <laughs> was mine and actually just was left over from the night before
2: so you're not wearing Natural. a ball cap which is weird you don't i don't see you out of a ball cap too often these days and you have like i guess more 5 o'clock shadow than a beard really
1: yeah it's just it was you know young jay yeah young, but otherwise guys i mean
2: he's, he's held up nicely has he not for a, for a beer consuming slob he looks pretty good thank you yeah you're welcome
4: My first sour beer was, uh, now here's patrick honey uh, I bought it at the Solana Beach uh, Pizza Port. Uh, it was this
2: like a promo so, video? Yeah. Uh, it was
4: probably my first year of law school. The first sour beer I ever brewed was. Back to Tyler now. The original
1: homebrew batch of Oo when I was about 17 or 18 years old.
2: That was originally his homebrew
1: recipe. The first sour beer yep. I brewed was early version of boot Tart. I think that was before we even had a name for it. It was just Flemish Red. It's, it's not the a home so brewer. <laughs> what,
2: was the, what was the story with, did Tyler go, hey, I have this recipe, like, let's go mess around with it? I
1: mean, that was before I was there. So the, well, I say I that was oh. the first one I brewed, but it was like Patrick and Tyler decided to make Tyler's homebrew sour beer, and I mean, I just like brewed the wort for it. I was not part of the, the brain trust there at all. Yeah, I mean, imagine you're 17 years old and your homebrew recipe goes on to win I don't know, maybe more medals than any sour beer at, like, GABF and World Beer. Maybe like, Lafali okay. has more, but it's, like, it's it's up there. You're
2: far away from being a legal drinking age. Yes. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Wow. Well,
1: you can brew. You yeah, of drink.
2: course. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, as a, how do you process that, that happening to you as a 17-year-old? That's, that's mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, I was not there yet. I was still, you know, Bud Light. But heavy, so that been left as you, out. proof there, yeah, <laughs> proof there.
2: Anyway, the video goes on, but I just uh, cuddles Callahan sent me that video and said, uh, "Hey, I discovered this gem, so I had to bring that to uh, your attention." <laughs> Jay, what did you do? You just Kevin, Kevin, you just came across it. How, you're searching. What were you? What were you looking for?
4: I don't even
5: remember what I was looking for. I just saw, it was like occasionally was
1: Google's Jay Goodwin. Well,
5: yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as we
3: all do. Yeah. Young Jay, yeah.
1: yeah, young Jay. <laughs> 2009. Uh, no, I was looking at some, I must have been click,
5: clicked on some video or whatever, and, and you know on YouTube where the little icons pop up yeah. down below, oh, yeah, it, sure. yeah. it said something about the brewery on sour ales, and the picture, the frozen, the freeze frame or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. looked like it could be Young Jet. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, let me check this out and see if that's <laughs> exactly,
1: and I was right. And it, it was. was it oh, was so, so good. That. What a great memory it that was. It just makes
2: me wonder, like, how many other gems are out there that I have yet just yet to find. There's just these things that are just sitting out there on the internet and waiting for me to find them. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, man, man. That's times.
3: actually my worst nightmare.
1: <laughs> finding gems on the Internet? Of her.
3: Other uh, people finding my gems <laughs> on the Internet. Gems.
1: Well, uh, you just started it right now. Kev, thanks for sending that along, man. That's, yeah, that was yeah. awesome to see. Any other business at the top?
2: Yeah, Spring Brews Fest is coming up. Saturday, March 31, Brewing Network's ninth annual Spring Fest. It's right out in front of the Brewing Network's headquarters in uh, Toto Santos Plaza here in downtown Concord. Over 60 breweries are already on board, so there's going to be a-, a ton of beer. Also, Beev, correct me if I'm wrong, Tasty's Tasting Room is back, right? Tasty's what?
3: Tasting Room is back yes, with uh, approval from the health department. God,
2: after a brief hiatus, uh, <laughs> last year we were. Uh, it was uh, 86. Oh, they shut
3: it down last yeah. year. They were not having
2: So Tasty Tasty Room, always a hit, and uh, it'll be back this year with all sorts of awesome homebrew from around the Bay Area and great food and live music and and tons of awesome people in downtown Concord. So uh, go to the Brewing Network's homepage. You can get $40 presale tickets, but not for long. It's almost sold out, so get them while you can. All right. Who's on the phone? Oh, Okay,
3: so we have Jeff on the phone. Apparently, you and Jeff met in Massachusetts at the Trillium substation. That's right. And you told him to call in. Yep. So now he's listening to you.
4: Hey, how are you guys?
1: Doing great. Good to hear from you again. And as I recall, you were doing, and you sent a you sent an email about this as well, I believe. And yeah, uh, sober Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, a little bit of an experiment, maybe uh, apropos of this episode about what to do with uh, maybe funkifying like a New England style IPA. Yeah.
4: So um, being out here, in Massachusetts, and with JC in my backyard uh, out here I've had a lot of exposure to the New England style IPAs and that's what in fact got me into home brewing in the first place and then I had this New England IPA that I made it was um, more more or less a double IPA about 8% or so and I just kind of forgot about it it was in a keg and I forgot about it and lo and behold I found the keg again, and it was about five months old. And so, as you know, the style deteriorates pretty quickly. And, you know, not only in the flavor and aroma, but just in the coloration of it. And, you know, you can kind of see how these New England-style IPAs, they start off just this beautiful, bright, hazy, golden color. And then just within a month, month and a half, it's kind of brownish, you know, light brown, dark brown. You know, I don't I don't think anyone really knows what's going on, but something, these are very unstable beers, and essentially just beer that you just want to dump, and it's just undrinkable. So I had about four gallons of it, and I didn't want to waste it, so I put into a three-gallon carboy just directly from the keg. So I put the airlock on it after I it transferred right from the keg, so there was a lot of foaming, a lot of carbonation, but I kept the airlock on it not to get any oxygen in it. And then once the foaming was gone, I pitched Mike Tonsmeyer's blend from Bootleg Biology into it. And then I kind of forgot about it. I put it in my basement, constant temperature. And I came back to it about nine months later. And it turned into this very different color. It was almost like a... Like a golden kind of apple juice color and it had this kind of this apple ester aroma to it and the the only thing is, uh, the problem is I didn't intend this beer to be a sour beer or a wild beer at all. Uh, it just you know, had a starting gravity of 1080 and because I, I did a high um, mash, temp, it was like 160s and the low 160s, it had a lot of wheat, uh, flaked wheat and white wheat and I also added some dextrin to it, so it had a lot of dextrins floating around. So my, my finishing gravity for the clean beer was 1022. And so I, after I pitched um, Mike's blend, it took it down to 1.000. So the end result is this, it turned it to this 10.5% beer. Kind of boozy, but it was very different from the original. New England IPA and I got these apple esters but there's almost no acidity I had a pH meter and I checked it it was just 4.1 so it was not it did not taste acidic but it's amazing where people would have dumped this beer where I was able to convert it to something so now it's kind of one noted it's a little boozy little apple ester to it uh, but very drinkable very unlike what it was before and so um, you know I just had added some puree from the Oregon fruit products from your guys. Nice. sponsors. had to throw that plug in there. Anyway, Amen. the apricot, <laughs> apricot and peach puree and hopefully some of the citric acid from The the acids from the fruit will bring down, add some acidity to it. And then I was thinking to add some type of maybe oak spiral to it or maybe like Spanish cedar or something to add some complexity to the beer. But again, I'm just still experimenting, but this is something that anyone on this planet would have thrown away. And so I was able to rescue it. In a way, so this is all very new. Since this style of beer is just like the new fad, so you know it's something where you know fellow homebrewers or maybe professional brewers can say, "Well, what do we do with this old stuff?" You know, someone can possibly rescue it.
2: Kind of reminds me of uh, the old school notion of uh, just pitch Brett, man. You know, <laughs> you can rescue something by just kind of pitching Brett. That's cool that you were able to rescue it.
4: Yeah, it was really neat, and so, so I'm still working with it. And when the final product is done, I'll definitely get you guys. I'll get it bottled and out for you guys to taste it and see what you guys think.
1: Awesome! Yeah, Man. look forward to trying it.
4: So if it ends up turning out okay, to send it to the NLC um, this year and see if it how it how it does.
1: You mean hashtag homebrewcon? Yeah,
4: yeah, homebrewcon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, we'll we'll see. Um, you know, I won't have time to bottle condition it. It'll have to be kegged and force carbonated. But you know, I'm just trying to squeeze it in under the deadline. And more importantly, about you know, doing sour beer news. What about Jimmy G?
1: Oh, Jimmy G for life, baby! Shout out to all the Boston fans. <laughs> Thanks, right. Jeff. Thanks for calling, Jeff. And uh, uh, that was a great time out there. Hopefully, you've inspired someone who has something that they
2: were maybe going to dump to. Uh, Pitch some drags. I don't know. Yeah.
1: As long as you have fermenter space, you can try it out. And exactly. And if it's still bad, then toss it. But yeah, I look forward to trying that. JC hopefully is still there and he's going to tell us about his great beers right after this. We'll be back on the Sour Hour. Hi, this is Ryan Whedon, the host of a new podcast called Branding Brews. Branding Brews is a show focused on marketing, branding, and design for the beer industry. I have spent over 14 years as a professional designer. As a host, I bring my knowledge to the show to interview other great beer professionals. Whether you're thinking about starting a brewery, already own a brewery, want to learn more about marketing beer, or you're a seasoned veteran, this show is for you. This show will cover topics such as rebranding a brewery, package and label design, crowdfunding, design, social media, plus much more related to promoting and creating a great beer brand. Make sure to check out the show along with useful show notes at brandingbrews.com. You can also subscribe to the Branding Brews podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Again, check us out at
5: brandingbrews.com.
4: Hey, this is Vinny at Russian River Brewing Company. I'm getting funky on the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network.
0: What's that? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And we're back. Got JC from Trillium coming up in a minute. Going to be a great show. Off to a hot start tonight. I want to thank our hot sponsors, like the Wine and Hop Shop, WineandHop.com. Hop. It's where to get your sour beer, wild yeast, and bacteria from Omega Yeast and Giga Yeast, some of our favorites. Most items are going to ship within 24 hours, and best of all, BN listeners in the continental United States get flat $8 shipping rate on orders under 25 pounds. Just enter BN Shipping in the notes field of the shopping cart, and the discount is going to be taken off after checkout. The Wine and Hop Shop at WineandHop. Dot com. Um, All right. I think Kevin's going to go grab us some Trillium beer. Yep. While he's doing that, let's bring on the man himself. JC, are you there? I am. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. You know you're on uh, East Coast time and had an early wake-up today, so we appreciate your time very much. Cool. For those who don't know Trillium, and I doubt there are any of those people listening, but let's say there's one or two, uh, tell us a little bit about what uh, Trillium's all about, how long you guys have been around, all that sort of stuff.
5: Esther and I opened the brewery uh, along with the help of some family and friends uh, actually just uh, five years ago this month. Uh, Five-year anniversary is on the 21st here, so it's sort of, uh, you know it's a bit of a time warp for us it feels like a lifetime ago and it feels like it was just a couple weeks ago at the same time so we we opened up a small shop in a 2300 square foot little space there on congress street in boston we we almost ran out of money in that process it took about 14 months to get the building permit and um, yeah it was kind of everything that we had went into it and uh, a couple times we thought we were we're gonna have to kind of just Closed before we even opened. So, started with two 10 barrel fermenters and a semi homemade boil kettle with a dairy tank mash ton. You know, everything's kind of put together a little bit of duct tape and spit. So, it's um, it's a totally different world that we live in now. Jay, you re- you recently visited, and you know, it's it's what I'm describing now is not what we <laughs> what we're working with now. So, yeah, I I kept my full time job for uh, a couple of years after we started did uh, Esther and at, at that point, we were finally able to to transition into it, which is a you know, in and of itself was a dream come true. True. So where we're where we are now and where we're headed is beyond our our dreams and expectations so we're we're pretty stoked in where things are right now
1: yeah certainly some humble beginnings there for how well you guys are doing now what made you want to start a birdie were you are you nuts
2: <laughs> <laughs> why in the world would you ever want to...
1: yeah I, this is my I'm this is my crazy. background question <laughs> i'm i'm asking questions that i already know the answer to scott this is a pro move let me do my thing give me some space yeah, what were you doing before? Were you homebrewing, <laughs> question mark?
5: Yes. Um, I, think, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that anybody, probably even just the first time you make a batch of beer at home, you, you take your first sip after conditioning in the bottle there for a couple of weeks, and you're just like, you know, your, your hair just stands on an end, and you're just like, oh, man, I wonder if I could do this, you know, all day, every day. And uh, maybe maybe not, but that was that's the way it was for me. It just, I think that maybe that feeling subsides for some people, but it just kept, I just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it. It was kind of like, all I thought about and talked about and all, you know, what I was doing with my spare time all the time. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any um, formal training, um, you know, kind of asked all the breweries in the neighborhood as I get these phone calls and emails now, you know, can I come volunteer on nights and weekends? And the answer is obviously no. Uh, so I just got <laughs> no's across the board. Um, you know, I had a, I had a career in clinical research management. So it was kind of traveling all over and, you know, it was kind of fully, Completely committed to that as well, so didn't really have a way to kind of just you know keep bugging the local brewer until they finally gave in and just let me wash kegs or something like that. so um, we did the next logical step and just opened our own brewery
1: <laughs> That's awesome, yeah, I saw you know it's got my thorough research for every show. I do lots of research on the breweries and the people we're having on, speaking of old videos. Some great videos of uh, <laughs> JC as a homer, like very well done, high polish for. I mean, I guess it must have. I don't even know, like six years ago or something like that. Right, but. Yeah, and
2: we're talking about these things as if they're ancient history. Oh God, Jade still looks so good. I mean, we're talking like 2011. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Like, what was the founding year of Trillion? Was it 2012? 2013. Okay, yeah, so not not, not too long. Yeah. Let me ask you this uh, from a sort of business standpoint. I'm always curious because I heard, you know, you say you, it took 14 months to get your building permit. You know, I've been there, too. It wasn't quite 14 months, but I know that that, you know, as you get further away from that window, yeah, the brewery's been open. It's good. You can start to you know lose sight of what it felt like when you were actually in that time, and I remember being in that time, and just the days were was torture basically. So I know you kept your full time job, which is savage that you guys did that. Did that take the sting off of it, or did it make it worse?
5: Uh, so a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think you know we paid for things in other ways with sort of our sanity and um, you know ultimately when you kind of stretch yourself super super paper thin like that you just uh, you know your relationships suffer and you you' you're just not gonna be you, you you just you can't be everything to everybody and just kind of sleep less right so um, maybe it took a, a, a tiny bit of pressure off the money piece like from day one but at the same in the same token we um, like I said we we kind of were you know, living hand to mouth for a while and basically watching that credit card balance and paying it down right before um, the end of the month, and making sure we'd still make payroll and all that fun stuff. That again, if if you could sleep, you weren't gonna because you were worried about those things too. So, yeah, we know it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, sounds great.
1: Go start a <laughs> hurry everybody. Yeah, exactly. No, I yeah. think it's
2: important people hear that, you know. I, I you know, I the the passion is great and and that people go for stuff is is awesome, but you know, people should hear too like, you know, it takes a toll. It's hard. Absolutely. Especially yeah, keeping it, your full-time it's super job super hard
5: right? and I think one of the things that um, you know, we we get asked all the time, you know, what would you recommend and there's tons of folks who are really um You know, hoping to model after what we did, and I basically tell them all the things that we did that were really, really bad for us. In the same token, you know, it's kind of hard to complain about where we are today. But knowing the environment and the market and all of the other things, you could never start a brewery. I would hope you would never try to start a brewery like we were, like we started a brewery in today's market in today's world. You would just get plowed under.
1: It is tough out there, but. Kind of transitioning a little bit from the passion of the the business back to the, the passion of the beer. We do have uh, one of your beers open here, and it is Peach Super Soak. And, Scott, I actually have a question. And forgive me for a second because this question's brought to us by... <laughs> Dr. Lambic and his team at com. you got to check out his articles on SourBeerBlog for a great written resource devoted to teaching you how to brew and blend sour beer at home. And now their crew is starting up a brewery, a new brewery in Taproom in central Pennsylvania. Check them out. Mill Mink Brewing at MellowMink.com. And uh, we just heard he, got, he sold out his, uh, his membership. So yes. thank you guys for the support out there. And that's awesome. I have the question here, actually, this yeah. time, Scott. It's from, uh, I think it may, maybe from one of the Rare Barrel social medias. It's from hmm. user Johnston B 66 and uh, he's asking, JC, what is the fruiting rate of your super soaks? And we've got the peach one in front, um, so maybe we'll start there.
5: Yeah, so if, if we're just talking about peach super soak, the soak and the super soak series are uh, aseptic puree. So those, um, those are made for with three pounds per gallon
1: gotcha
2: so that's that's on the high side
1: right yeah peach is a tough one i mean i think you got to use a lot to to get that flavor i don't know how you feel about it jc yeah
5: there's significant disparity between intensity of fruit character and the flavor and aromatic compounds as well as uh, different types of acids as well so you you can't just go with a flat fruiting rate across the board and expect to get the same level of intensity and of course there's different sugars and other compounds that are along for the ride so you kind of you can't you can't just do a one size fits all there.
2: Let's see if we can make categorical statements here. What fruit goes the longest way? The littlest bit goes the longest way. And what fruit is like? No matter how much you pile on, it just you can't get it.
5: Well, I, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of like all the different fruits. You know, we, we tend to we we have not used much in the way of tropical fruits just because of where we are in new england kind of stick with kind of like the uh the brambles berries and kind of stone fruit so of the ones that i've used i'd probably stay raspberry maybe black currant um kind of in that in that vein what do you think jay
1: I do have an encyclopedic knowledge of this, so I'll step in. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen up, Jason. No, no, I actually completely agree with that. And, uh, yeah, blackcurrant, raspberry. Um, I was actually trying to think of one to beat that, but I don't think I have it. And, yeah, I think peach is one of the lightest. You, you get into other things like pear, nectarine, apricots a little more, gross, but a lot of those lighter stone fruits, I, I, some stuff like melon, you know depends yeah. what you want to group in. That's a lot of water. So, so
2: you're saying, yeah, melon, you can just pile it on, and you, it's hard to get a lot of essence?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. If you're brewing liquor is 100% watermelon water, I think it'd be tough to get <laughs> watermelon flavor from yeah, it. Yeah. So.
2: I would imagine that there wouldn't be um, a ton of difference or all, any difference between apricot and peach. and any. Like I'll, I would think that all the stone fruits would be in the same sort of category as far as what you're getting.
1: But there's, there's variance there? I think so. I think the apricots are much more aggressive but i don't know what's, what's been your experience jc
5: yeah for sure and then obviously when you're when you're using something that's kind of a pretty consistent product like uh like aseptic purees you're, you're probably going to get i find more intense fruit character on average right so if you're if you're going with fresh fruit you're going to be all over the map um unless you kind of go with fruit you know somebody a farmer that's just like not making not growing fruit that is kind of poised for shipping and for grocery stores or for any of that that kind of like standard high volume market you gotta gotta go to like a pick your own situation or you gotta it's it's tough to find really good high quality fresh fruit probably one of the reasons why we're we're so intent on eventually kind of realizing our original intention for brewery for for trillium is to is to build a, a farm that can kind of support the brewery
1: and uh, JC, you know, I was lucky enough, as you mentioned, to to come out there and try just all all your line of beers. A lot. Yeah, of people, you drank a lot that day. I did. <laughs> which, which? Wait, there's just one day? I thought it was all yeah, the days. Right. So, <laughs> you know, the people who maybe know you more for the hoppy beers that a lot of people get exposed to and sell like crazy, where you got lines out of your locations. Tell. Them and us a little bit more about what's going on with your your sour program. Put us put it all kind of in t- in context for us. Like how many barrels, how many types of different beers do you guys make, stuff like that.
5: Oh sure, uh, we actually were pretty committed to our wild beer program um, in early days and. You know again when money was super tight it was like all it could afford was a single wine barrel of this or that and we didn't have very much space as i said so you kind of just stacked up a couple barrels where they where they were so our, our initial production and obviously the how quick you cycle through things is it's a pretty slow uh, evolution so fast forward a couple of years to when we opened our canton facility which is just about 30 minutes outside of outside of boston and uh, we had a 5,000-square-foot mezzanine. We kind of reinforced the structure up there and put some drainage in so that we could really kind of go from a single-line barrel batch. And then, you know, we were we we're doing 10 barrel batches maybe in 2014 and uh, went to 30 barrel batches. And now we're doing um, anywhere between 30 and 90 barrel batches of wild beer. So I think we have – uh, somewhere on the order of, uh, 3,500 barrels of wild beer in process all the way from kind of, Ooh. you know, spontaneous batch brewed yesterday all the way through finished product and inventory. So maybe about a thousand wine barrels and total of 27 fooders right
1: now. Massive. Damn. Yeah, that's huge. Beautiful spot too. Very impressive.
5: I
2: know we have to break, but can I ask this quickly? So this beer is is just so, so, so good.
1: I have to say, Scott made a face that is just not suitable for... (laughs) It's it's not suitable for work after his first uh, Involuntary... You know, change my pants at the break. Yeah, he gave you the O face, for sure.
2: (laughs) But, so I have to ask this, right, because there's... And this is not the first time we've been over this topic by a long shot. There is not the slightest bit of any anything, any oxidation, any ATHP, like just not even 0.1% of any off flavor. It's just brilliant, acid, juicy peach. What is the biggest difference between your programs that are, you're able to achieve this?
1: Oh, you're talking to me too. I and, thought yeah. you were just talking to JC.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, well, your beer has off flavors. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, to JC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: Well, Jay and I did talk a lot about this, um, you know, from when we first started and sort of our relative experience to where we are today is, you know, a couple of leaps forward. So, and that is in large part due to the to the team that we've put together and, you know, kind of our collective dedication to what it is that we in, endeavor to achieve. So in short, it's sort of like, you know, super rigorous attention to all, all the details and none of them are too too small or not worth turning over all the stones to try to figure it out. But we've been able to kind of iterate a whole bunch of times now. And then one thing that we've really focused on is actually narrowing our view here on the fermentation side. We, by and large, stick to our native New England mixed culture. So that was collected back in my homebrewing days. You know, probably going on nine-ish years ago, maybe collected a bunch of um, cultures off of some grape skins from the vineyard where Esther and I were married in Connecticut, and have been kind of propagating along. Now that's banked at a lab in California, and we go back to that to that pitch, and we maintain kind of a, a, a prop tank in house. You know, we got a we got a QA QC team, and we run sensory panels, and we got a warm room, and we have got a fully f- outfitted lab, and you know we're We're developing some sensory techniques around detection of THP that's more sensitive than kind of the average palate with some pH changes on the samples and a whole bunch of other fun stuff that is probably getting a little bit boring now.
1: Oh, no. That's, no. that's hitting the sweet spot right there.
2: Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know there's not a magic bullet answer, you know, and I just want, always want to drill that down because, you know, you guys are doing so many great things uh, on the home scale. And, you know, you're using great ingredients and uh, your, your processes and your pitches and you're, you're so detail-oriented, and that's why your beers are so great. I just want to see, like, how far can we narrow that gap? Between the, those, the, the sour homebrews that are 97% there, they're great, they're mm-hmm. highly drinkable, and this, which is just next-level commercial quality. is not even really a way to describe it because I've had homebrews that are better than some of the commercial stuff. But it's this is another universe sour. You know, There are some sort of next-level sour programs out there, and this is clearly that. I always want to try and drill down on what that is.
1: What yeah. I heard from JC was... You know, he gives credit to the team. he's so got to steal his team away from him. Right, that's the key Hire to success. Lots of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just we'll cut that out, JC. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to get to a break. Uh, hopefully, JC's drinking some some beers, and he can. Are you drinking beer over there?
5: Um. Yes. Good answer. answer.
1: Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Be, before we do, Scott, yes. I just want to thank another one of our great sponsors. Who's that? I dip. Who dips? The Smart Brew. There it is. Water testing kit. I dip. You dip. There yeah. you go, JC. You uh, dip. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. He into it but, now, too. Anyway, I'll, 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 like, I'll let it run. <laughs>
0: yeah, there <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, uses a re- <laughs> revolutionary... Photometer photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market uh, with its own app. Lost my place there. In my head, I mean. Home (laughs) or commercial use. It takes great water to make great beer. Ability to test 40 different water quality tests. That's a double test. Four come preloaded and more are available. Test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and much more. The Brewing Network special podcast listeners, enter code TBN10, TBN10 at checkout and save $10 on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit. Order now and make this futuristic technology part of your brewing process. Visit www.smartbrewkit.com. Com.
2: Nice Wasn't there a Remember there was a review uh, A few months back That was like The lack of a I iDip live read Has made this show Unlistenable
1: That or Brew Guru I can't <laughs> oh, remember Oh it was a guru Oh yeah.
2: okay Alright well it's back baby
1: and It's back <laughs> Just for you guys Alright let's take a break uh, We'll be right back With JC And his great beers Here on the Sour Hour Relax Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. I want to thank another great sponsor, supporter of the show, the Shamney Creek Brewing. You know the name. They're great.
2: What
1: was that? Probably iDip. i dip JC's <laughs> <laughs> pot. Three-time Philly Beer Scene Magazine Brewer of the Year. Go Eagle!
2: Eagle, single.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm. Just, I'm. Just, I'm so used to being in Boston when I was there. Yeah, a month ago. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, you gotta gotta be careful for the Extreme you beer fest. That. that was like yeah. right
2: before Super Bowl, right? Oh, yeah. it must have been a madhouse. Luckily,
1: JC's. You know, not a Pats fan. I don't think so. I, I don't know. I don't want to get him in trouble, but not that he's a fan of something else. Is that true, JC?
5: I'm pretty busy with the brewery. <laughs> 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 Let's just say that
1: piss off with your sports ball. Oh, got to watch Tommy, Tommy Brady. Anyway, sorry, uh, Well, I grew
5: up just... a Sox fan mostly, so. There
1: you go. Um, All right. You yep. saved us. You saved us. Anyway, <laughs> Michigan Creek, uh, making great beers, you guys know, tons of awards, including smoke lager a couple of times, renovated tasting room, sessionable beers, poundable loggers, double IPAs, saison, sours, free brewery tours on Saturdays and their second location must be open by now cuz we're <laughs> we're a year from opening this past spring. Check yeah. them out and confirm this at com. So, JC one thing I wanted to get into this uh first show is uh the cool ship that you guys were building, have built. It looked to me after we after uh, the rare barrel left you guys like you you got it up and running and maybe have some of your first batches in on that maybe you could tell us about how you guys built that out what your vision is and uh, how it's been going so far
5: cool Uh, well we actually did one turn at the tail end of the season last year we took delivery uh, of the cool ship Uh, it's a 50 barrel cool ship and we didn't have the outdoor patio uh, next to where the brew house is and we uh, we are able to kind of transport the word up the hill to our warehouse, and we just kind of like we just left the loading dock doors open inside of like an interior vestibule to kind of like, you know, let the cool night air do its thing. Uh, yeah, so we have one batch that's just about a year old now, and we just did our fourth turn this season, so with two more left to go before it gets too warm. Um, kind of sticking with a more traditional grist, uh, but using 100%. Uh, locally grown and malted grain 60 um, percent pills and 40 percent raw wheat from valley malt you know we're kind of knocking out at 12 play and let's see what else age shops of course at a, uh, right around a half a pound per barrel what else do we want to know about
1: that what kind of temps are you guys rocking overnight
5: um you know i've been I'm new at this, so I've been kind of you know leaning on some friends who've been doing this for a little while, and seeing what they um, what they recommend and success that they've had for you know even or even what looks like success for um, things that are going out a year or two, and we've been sticking with you know into the maybe mid forties during the day, and then we are you know hoping for high 20s, low 30s at night. So all except for one batch, we've been going into 500 and 600 liter neutral punchins that we steam out typically right around 70 degrees Fahrenheit. There's one batch that was a little bit warmer than that, but nothing too concerning.
1: Does it get cold in Boston?
5: hmm <laughs> <laughs> It does. I think our cold, cold night this year was, I think, uh, 17 below.
1: Wow. Yeah, before we went out there, JC, was uh, we were— Texting and emailing back and forth, and I think he mentioned that in, a, in the span of a few days, it went from minus 17 to, like, 60 yeah. Fahrenheit. Wow. <laughs> Their massive barrel collection and fooders are, are inside and very well yeah, well, well controlled. Yeah, it's all
5: temperature control warehouse in there. We actually put a, um, a humidity system in there, too. It gets bone dry around here with the the heating systems running all winter long so that was um a new addition that we put in before the start of the heating season this past fall
1: yeah well how do you don't you have that like there's like a little kind of like i don't know shed kind of thing for the cool ship it's like semi outside
5: yeah it's well it's uh basically uh, this is just like an awning over the the top of it so i mean it's effectively all open air
1: yeah. Okay. So that that part is outside. Okay. That's so Yeah.
5: Go. So that the cool ship will go kind of will will come off the um the deck there, and then you know once uh once we're done with our six six batch this season, it will take it off and kind of bring a, a draft system in there, and then we'll be able to have beers out there.
1: That's excellent. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. We were out there and uh, hearing that temperature swing. We're like, okay, hopefully it's going to be warm. And of course, uh, Stefan was out there with us, and uh, Richie, who works in our tasting room. And we're walking around. We've got, like, quadruple layers. And JC is just leading us around, like, sneakers, sweatshirt. (laughs) After walking for a while, he's like, oh, i got to take the sweatshirt off, (laughs) T-shirt. He's just putting us to to have, like, a scarf and, like, a beanie and a hat. It's it's, a sad state of affairs for us.
2: So you're telling me I wouldn't even be able to pack my flip-flops for that trip? But JC would. He could rock JC can, yeah, yeah,
1: rock the flip-flops easy. (laughs) Yeah. And it just snowed, too, right before we got there. So he was... Yeah, it was icy. Yeah, he's putting us to shame but uh that's great so uh the cool beers are are in the works and uh yeah they should be coming out any day right
5: yeah we're looking probably about three or four years from cool. <laughs> now uh which is always you know you know it's like it's a hey guys we're gonna do this you trust me right kind of thing so it's <laughs> uh it's you know we're just kind of we're hoping for the best we, we are um we are kind of doing a little bit of research on the side as well. So kind of like, you know, we're identifying and and counting the types of microorganisms that we got going on in there in that first batch. And we're hopefully putting together um, a study with a few other uh, spontaneous brewers that can kind of understand the differences between the types of flavors and organic acids that are produced in, in the different microclimates around the country.
1: Very cool, yeah. And I've I've seen some brewers do some cool stuff with taking their spontaneous cultures and then using that as you know kind of their one of their many mixed fermentation cultures to inoculate other barrels too. I wouldn't call those Mm -hmm. secondary inoculations spontaneous, but you're using the the spontaneous culture for it. So there's always that opportunity as well, as long as they kind of kick off and and get to fermenting but maybe maybe on that note what are you guys seeing active fermentation kick off in the barrels and what's been your if so what's been your typical time from the cool ship night to that happening
5: it's been pretty you know obviously we we, our experience is is very limited here and so you know for the four batches that we've done this season it's it's been pretty reliable within about three days or so one thing that we, uh, we do is a little different. We don't, you know, we're not coming directly out of the cool ship right into oak. So we actually pump over back in for about 15 minutes or so to, to homogenize and to, uh, cause there is some stratification. We have a 50 barrel cool ship. It is, you know, warmer on the top and cooler on the bottom. And so we want to make sure it's all kind of even uh, in any kind of, any kind of different. Microbial density within the top part of the of the wort there, want to make sure it's really uh, homogeneous before it goes into into, into the wood. So um, we pump over for about 15 minutes, um, and of course we're likely adding more mi- microorganisms and some oxygen at that point. And it actually goes into those transport tanks, into a truck, up the hill, and then gets racked into to wood from there. So a little bit more handling than you'd m- maybe typically expect for spontaneous brewing.
1: I think that's an excellent process there. And uh, we've actually got another one of your beers open here in front of us, and this is the from the Fated Farmer. Fated with a T, not faded, although if farmers start drinking this, I'm, I'm sure they'll <laughs> get there eventually. But uh, this is the Nectarine. Tell us a little bit about this beer and maybe just a little bit more about the, the Fated Farmer series.
5: So you're the second
1: person to make the faded
5: farmer joke
1: only two. Only two oh, yeah. i i was going for like the dad joke Everybody. like hundred people have made this
5: oh i'm very much a dad so i've already made the joke myself a few times <laughs> <laughs> uh so faded farmer um sort of is uh, allows us to tell a little bit a little bit of the story about again as i mentioned earlier the uh the original intention for trillium was to become uh, a farm and brewery, did not have a farm in my family, uh, nor did Esther. So we started with that, uh, with the kind of the eventual, maybe one day, 10, 20, 30 years from now, we could do that, maybe as a retirement project. And here we are five years later, we still don't have a farm, um, but we're kind of on a pretty good track to, to get there. So in the meantime, I still really love these beers and really are kind of burning to make them. So... Um, this is sort of that uh, another conscious step towards that. I think one thing that we've we've really learned is that, it, uh, although we obviously we jumped in headfirst into the into opening a brewery, making these beers and kind of the the investment in time and space and, and focus and energy, um, we really want to make sure that we we take those incremental steps and we get them right. We got to be kind of purposeful and thoughtful and have. Uh, a long time horizon for how we approach things. So this is that kind of uh, step towards being able to be able to say that we we have grown and farm farm the land for ourselves. We've we've grown the grain that we've harvested and malted and in, in part. And we're kind of realizing that with all New England ingredients in Faded Farmer um, and it makes uh, and employs the the New England Native mixed culture that we we got from the from the vineyard where we were married, that is the only inoculant for this beer. It's in its punch and fermented. One thing we found um, with this mixed culture, it actually tends to throw a little less acid with uh, an uncontrolled temperature punch and fermentation, as well as a whole bunch. More stone fruit character um, and perhaps gets a little bit more funky as well. So we were able to uh, work with some local farms within the Faded Farmer series to kind of have them understand the condition in the fruit that we want, uh, how much and, and exactly when. And then we get the beer ready and uh, we're processing fruit like crazy. You know, this these batches are it's about a pound and a half I think for the for the nectarine, Faded Farmer and. Just processing the fruit for this was, um, you know, it's a pretty big step and, you know, we, uh, we do some, do some stuff downstream from there that kind of makes that, that processing really important. So we, um, we try to get that particle size down as small as possible because we actually have a wild side centrifuge as well. And, um, we've been learning how to use that appropriately for, for these beers, um, It's uh, learning a lot, taking big big bites right now. But like I said, we're going to be very ready when it's time to actually focus on growing our own ingredient for these beers. So that's kind of the 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 nutshell version of Faded Farmer.
2: So this this is half the rate of uh, fruiting as uh, the previous beer Is a pound and a half or three pounds?
5: Yeah, sure. Uh, And like I said before, I think a lot of fresh fruit that you get kind of tends to be a little less characterful than what you typically would get on average from from aseptic puree. The caveat is always, it depends. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally. As always.
2: Well, and and yeah. it's it's a really interesting difference too. in I mean, anyone who knows me knows how much I love stone fruit sours. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's it's really cool to see the difference between how the the fruit is expressing itself in these two beers. You know, I mean, they're both very clearly stone fruit sours, but you know, the first one was just like the explosion, and this one is like very present but much more subtle. Anyway, I I just I love the uh, the juxtaposition.
1: It's a nice range. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
5: cool. Yeah, we probably should have in the other. Drink direction yeah uh, yeah <laughs> <a good> place, <laughs> that's, but just, that's okay i think um you know the there i really love the full range of these kinds of beers from the super subtle elegant low abv easy to drink don't have to think too hard about it all the way up to these just like you like the super soak series where it's just in you know just in, an immense amount of fruit character there um kind of supported by the base sour wheat beer
1: awesome well it's great stuff JC I've got a bunch more questions do you think you can hang on with us for, for one more segment I know it's late where you are and you've been up for a while So
5: yeah no sweat happy cool. to do it awesome,
1: awesome. so we'll take our, our show breaks. yeah let's do it and uh, yeah that, wow Oof, flew by we're pretty spoiled you know and, um, it's Like It's really great beers yeah. great company Bevo mostly uh, yeah beef yeah We love you, Dave. Obviously. (laughs) Well, thanks to all the Sour Hour sponsors. Thanks to you, Scott. Thanks to Bevo. Thanks to JC. Thanks to you, listeners. Thanks to Kevin for pouring the beer. Thanks to Kevin in the wrong order. Until next time, stay sour. And a man on the wing, 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 and a man (laughs) on the wing, and a man 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 And a man on the and a man on the wing, and a man on the wing,